What's up, Wild Hockey fans? The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So how do I do it? It's easy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another juicy episode of Water Hockey, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and proudly supported by DraftKings. It is the NFL season. It's happening. As always, use promo code THPN on the DraftKings app to get in on all the action today and make sure to share Water Hockey with all your friends, family, neighbors, lawyers, doctors, and such on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and LinkedIn. Big show today. But we're going to go ahead and kick it over to the boys. we got a special guest joining us, buddy of mine from The Morning Skate. We're going to get to him in just a second. But first and foremost, Jason, Patrick, how was your weekends, my friends? Oof. It was a good one, man. Uh, smoked some chickens. That's not where I thought you were going, but okay. Smoked some chickens this weekend. Uh, I had a so, uh, so family friends of ours uh, are moving to Prosper, so they uh, decided to sell their house, and we decided to throw one last hurrah there in the pool, and yeah. Nice. Like I said, we, we just we shut the house down in style, man. We just kept it classy, of course. Pinkies keep it out. classy. Yeah, pinkies Ooh, out. That uh, sounds prosperous. I did, get tatted on, uh, I did get tatted on Friday. A little so new ink. Fun. Tell tell us yes. a little bit more about. Uh, is it a octopus? Yes. So if you're familiar with that, uh, Mark Hoppus from uh, Blink One Eighty Two, of course, uh, it's his brand. The the octopus from Hi, my name is Mark. So yeah, nice. check that out. Name, it's pretty. It's pretty dope. It's healing pretty nicely. Love to hear that. A lot of yeah. ink. never Where'd heard. You go? Just tatted up and down. Momentum and Garland. Where's that? Um, it's in the square. So like I. So the guy who I want to do my bigger piece, I went to him. Like I saw something like randomly at like two thirty, uh, right after lunch, and uh, he was doing like two for a hundred for tiny tats. So Kelly and I both got one, and it was like one for nice. sixty or two for a hundred. And so Kelly and I both went and got tattooed, and uh, just did it on like a whim. You know, she got one for uh, her mother. Uh, so she passed away like two, or I guess it was like two months before we got married. So. Oh, wow. uh, it, 
so yeah, it kind of was a little weird time. And then she got like this cookbook uh, from her like two weeks before uh, she passed away, I guess. Uh, and it said on there, like, be happy, whatever, blah, 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 mom, and everything. So she got, I should I should probably like, clean that up. There's a lot of nice stuff in there written. But uh, anyways, <laughs> she got a be happy tattooed on her wrist and just kind of like a reminder, you know. That's nice. awesome. Very cool. Shit. Very cool. How, how'd, the, uh, how'd the forearm feel there? It was great, dude. I Not didn't feel the thing. Nope. Yeah, forearms, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, nothing. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Well, great. Sounds like you had a great weekend. Uh, Patrick, long weekend. Did you get any golf in this weekend? I did get some golf in, and my weekend's still going on. Okay. Actually. Okay, Whoa, crack. dude. Okay. Come on, man. Throw the I'm, dust I'm in the observing ice. Rosh Hashanah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, we no, didn't... I'm not observing. I'm just taking the date, the two days off, because I won't go. complain about two days off extra. That's fair. But happy Rosh Hashanah to all of our Jewish listeners. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All inclusive. Bring it on. I did That's play right. some golf. We It was so hot that we kind of gave up about hole 14 probably. And then me and my, one of the other guys just did one club for the last three holes. So that was a lot of fun. If you go after like 10 o'clock, man, it's fucking miserable. It's brutal. It's brutal, it's man. Yeah. You're making a turn like at lunchtime and you're just, you're already hungry. You're getting Absolutely hangry. Not. Yeah, dude. Those hot dogs at the clubhouse just aren't the same. No, they, they, they be hitting different and not in a good way. And then yeah. Yeah, by the time you get to the fourteen thirty, rumbling in your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I don't really eat breakfast. So it was, uh, it was a tough time, yeah. But then uh, we hit up two two pool parties on Sunday. That was fun. Ended up hanging out at my buddy's parents till like eleven thirty or so, and then we slept pretty much all day yesterday because we were just fucking exhausted. Paradise. And then I we're, I'm golfing tomorrow, like I told you guys. But the man he doesn't stop. He's an animal. That man is Andy Mal. He's gonna shoot a sixty nine tomorrow. Nice. We can nice. only hope. Yeah. Well, I had a great weekend. Visited some family and friends in San Antonio, but I'm back in Dally, Dallas. I don't want to take up too much of my, this guy's time. We got a special guest because we got a huge episode today. Obviously, the entire hockey world has been taken by storm by this amazing documentary. This guy, the moment I said, we're going to talk about this documentary on Wada Hockey, he was like, you got to get me on here. I saw this, this documentary. It was sick. Uh, without further ado, Disco from the morning skate welcome to water hockey dude thank you so much for hopping on with us oh thanks for having me on boys i'm, I'm excited to start talking about this doc and glad you guys all had fun long weekends speaking of chickens i uh work i work at a bar called the hot chick so i was uh working there this weekend <laughs> and i also played around the golf yesterday so and i don't know how hot it is in texas but it was 105 when i was golfing yesterday so Ooh. I don't that's know right. if that oh, beats yeah. that, but <laughs> I, oh, I think... oh, you're out in Phoenix. That's right. Yeah, okay, I was Scottsdale. Like... Scottsdale. That's right. Yeah. But speaking of, before we jump into this documentary, uh, I do want to ask because I, I know you're a Capitals fan. Um, for those that are listening, Disco Correct. is the resident Capitals fan on the morning skate. But you do go to Coyotes games. How are you feeling right now with the drama surrounding them and the lease not being renewed, and now the possibility of them moving to Tempe, like? What are you feeling from the – what's the inside source feel like? Well, they were talking about moving to Tempe a couple of years ago, and then it got kiboshed because they were supposed to do some combo with ASU and the Yotes and have like a combined arena where like they would have like a, multiple sheets and then a, like a side arena for like where ASU would play, and that got kiboshed. But supposedly my, my roommate works for Drive Time. There's like this huge open lot right by his offices – 
And that's supposedly the area where they're going to be building this new arena, which is like five minutes from my house. So ideal, ideal. Hopefully they get done in, that, <laughs> in the next couple of years or whatever. But realistically, next year, they're going to have to work out something where they either play where the old Suns used to play or the Phoenix Mercury play currently. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a shitty arena, but they made it nicer for the Mercury to play in. So I guess it's not, it won't be as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I think that's where they're going to play their games next year going forward while they wait for this arena to get built if they decide to stay here, I'm assuming. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird situation they've got going on there. I know there are a lot of people here in Texas that have been pining for that franchise down in yeah. Houston uh, then bringing the AHL back to San Antonio. But, you know, whatever happens, hopefully it's good for the league. Uh, the Coyotes have literally the enough draft picks to pick yeah. an entirely new team next year and the next year after that. So – and hockey's huge out here, man. Like, there's so many rinks so close to where I live. Um, and, like, youth hockey is, like, exploding out here. So mm-hmm. that would be such a shame to get rid of an NHL team, especially, like, with Austin Matthews being from Scottsdale. Right. He, and also, he comes into my bar, like, every Friday with, uh, like, Clayton Keller and them just hanging out. No Frank, big deal. Like, Frank Kaminsky, Cam Johnson <laughs> nice. were there yesterday from the Suns. They just came <laughs> come in here hang out with the normies, you know. The huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just another, another Monday, another Labor Day in the books for the yeah, boys. Right. Uh, I would just have a full day, man. Just gonna yeah, just a full day. Uh, before we jump into obviously the thick of the podcast, want to give a shout out to Texas Hockey Apparel. Um, as always, supporting Wada Hockey from day one. Head over to TexasHockeyApparel.com. Uh, they were at the, uh, what was the tournament they had this weekend at ITEX that we talked about last week? They were there all weekend. Uh, was it the Guns and Hoses? It no, was the... it was for the Armed Forces tournament, I think. But they had a booth set up there, so hopefully we're telling you guys to go get the slides off TexasHockeyApparel.com, and they're out because they sold out of all of them. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Small Americans update from the Allen Americans. Uh, We have confirmed with the second most listened to episode of all time, Dutes is coming back. I don't – we love this guy. Easily one of the most genuine people we've had on the podcast so far. People absolutely loved him. Like I said, I was in San Antonio this weekend. One of my cousins even said, hey, out of all the episodes I've listened to, that, that Dudes guy was the best one. Uh, so we're people love Dudes, so we're bringing Dudes back, the uh, head athletic trainer for the Un-Americans. We've got a, we got a recent Dallas Stars update. Apparently, they have got a new uh, sponsor brand on their jerseys. The What is it? Slink.io. Slink. No fucking idea what that is. Absolutely do, uh... no clue. They do freight logistics, it seems like. Wow. Really just really just fascinating companies (laughs) the stars are working with. I can't wait to you know, because all stars fans have freights that they need to be shipped all around the world. But the whole reason we're talking about hockey today is for this pod or for this this documentary. Uh, it's called Untold Crime and Penalties. And it's I don't know if you guys, I was talking to uh, Disco, I was talking to Jason and Patrick before we got on here. Uh, have you watched any of the other Untold documentaries? Because now there's like six, I think, five or six. No, but I heard the Malice and the Palace one was unreal. I haven't got a chance to watch it, but I mean, if it's anything like also. the one, the hockey one, I like the hockey one like, that we watched really didn't, doesn't, it's not a wide variety of things but with like, pros i guess you'd say because mm-hmm. like the mouse of the palace like that they have like uh like reggie jackson and all them talking yeah, about Jermaine like o'neill yeah all the backside stuff that we didn't even know about when we saw that first come out so yeah definitely gonna try to get into those too as well i don't i honestly don't know what the other ones are about do you know what those ones are about 
Uh, there's one about Caitlyn Jenner, which I, I don't know if I have too much interest in that one. Uh, but there's yeah, an Alice in the Palace. I think I'll pass on that one. Yeah, that <laughs> I just was one. See I just... if they cover him, uh, him at the time running. Some yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, it just, it's nothing personal. <laughs> it had nothing about how I feel about anything. It just, it doesn't interest me whatsoever. You're not a big decathlon fan. Not a big decathlon fan. The Olympics have completely <laughs> fallen off for me. So I'm waiting for next next uh, Winter Olympics when the uh, NHL is back. But we can go on about that in a whole other podcast. Uh, there's one about uh, the one that just came out with today is about Marty Fish and uh, uh, Andy Roddick and Marty Fish's mental struggles uh, during the tennis, uh, uh, the U.S. Open. He actually withdrew. Uh, he was about to play Roger Federer and he withdrew like on the way. Um, super fascinating. Then there was one about a female boxer, one of the biggest female boxers like coming up like she op- one of her fights was leading up to a Mike Tyson fight. That one was really good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, they're all just really well done but this one is special to us uh you know disco i watched it around the same time you did and we're in a group chat with the morning skate and the chat lit up i mean the documentary if you guys haven't seen it i want and this is something that as a podcaster i shouldn't say i need you to stop listening and go watch this documentary and come back and listen to us gawk about it ahead Spoilers yeah, ahead. Of spoil I mean, if you didn't keep up with it in like 05 and 06 when it was all going down. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because because us Southern boys are down here in the South, the South region, you know, watching the stars and the coyotes and the capitals and what have you, you know. The... Well, I grew up in New York and I can't believe I didn't hear about it, dude. That's like right across the way for me. I remembered like kind of like seeing side stories on ESPN about it, but not really like knowing or caring what it was because it was at the time you know it's still minorly cocky like yeah. at the time like i didn't really care i didn't give two shits like it wasn't the stars it wasn't the cowboys it wasn't the mavs or anything like that so i just wasn't watching it so the whole documentary is about the danbury trashers right off the bat fucking amazing name it is and peak, logo and logo peak 90s hockey if you look at the letters on the back they resemble nascar like numbering like they're Absolutely. huge thick font uh, we may or may not in like neon, like yeah, bright yellow on the side of a DuPont Chevy or some shit like that. I mean, it's just from top to bottom, an all out gong show. We definitely purchased as a podcast, uh, to, to support the trashers kingdom, a couple of trashers t-shirts. So you'll probably see us, you know, bouncing around town with those bad hopefully, boys on. Hopefully we'll have them by next week so we can record with them. Yeah, absolutely. We we may or may not have been in touch with AJ Gallant, uh, you know, the the focal point outside of the team of the the documentary. It's also taken pop culture by storm. There's some rapper, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. His name is Drake. Uh, I think his real name's like Aubrey or something like that. He was in a wheelchair in a show one time. Uh, but the- that's why I can't get into Drake. <laughs> Because he was in a wheelchair one time. He got shot, he dude. He a... got shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a Canadian rap... teenager in a wheelchair on a Nickelodeon show. Well, I can't take that seriously. Because he got shot in the spine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he can, his, he's got fast bars, but not fast enough to dodge a bullet. So, I mean, it is what it is. His new album, whatever. I may have posted that it was a trash can or a toilet bowl earlier, but that's neither here nor there. I like my rappers to be mad, not emotional. Um, even Drake was draping the trashers Jersey, uh, over his shoulders over this past weekend, this documentary and this team have literally taken pop culture and sports by storm. Uh, if you haven't seen it, a real quick synopsis, 
AJ Galante was gifted the uh, the Trashers, the Danbury Trashers, by his father, who may or may not have been in the mob, at the ripe old age of 17 years old after he was injured and could no longer play hockey. He hit somebody in high school, hit, took a hit, fell down. When he came back up, felt something was wrong. Long story short, kid couldn't play again. Tragic. Hate that for him. Uh, so his dad said, I'll just buy you a hockey team. And there's a ton of twists and turns, but we're really focusing on the hockey side and the hockey aspect of it. It kind of reminds me of like the premise of uh, Shit's Creek. Like, not like that they lost everything, obviously, but like, uh, you know, like the whole reason they own the town Shit's Creek is because they bought it because of the name. And like, it was like a rich family. They bought it because of, like, oh, as a bit, uh, as a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then now they're like stuck with it after they lost all their assets. It's just, it's fascinating. Patrick, what was your initial reaction? Because I, you and I were kind of texting on the side because Jason hadn't seen it quite yet. We didn't want to spoil anything for him. But what was your initial reaction when you watched this documentary? Man, it's like I texted you. My, and Jason, I was having a, I had to f- text Fink separately because right. I really didn't want to ruin it for you. All good. But I texted him. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> That's I mean, really that's, that's the only way you can just watch the whole thing is like something happens and you're like, okay, this is kind of wild. And then it just spirals out of control from there. And that's like even just the hockey by itself is way out of out of hand and out of line. And then you add in all the stuff about the FBI and it just you could write a movie about it and it probably would you'd think it was stupid because it's like there's no way this would happen. And yeah. the, fact, the fact that they were good is even crazier. I would yeah. love to yeah. know, like, I'm like, I'm, I know they talk about it a little bit. Like AJ was like, call. He was said he was doing it all. Like when they did that scene where it was like, um, uh, what's his name from what's his name? Galifianakis from the Hangover when he's at all the numbers when they were talking oh, about that yeah, scene. Yeah, and I'm like <laughs> breaking breaking down hockey. I'm like, and... did he really do that on his own, or did he have some one of his boys or someone else like trying to help him find guys? Because if he really did that on his own. That's fucking impressive as hell. Absolutely. When you think about it, though, it makes it a lot easier to build, not not to discredit AJ for anything that he did, because he obviously built a very successful at the time brand. But it's a hell of a lot easier to build a team when you have no salary limitations yeah, whatsoever. Right. Well, they did, though. I was they did. That out. Well, well they, okay. They yeah, did, yeah, yeah. They, quote, they unquote, did. air hashies had a salary cap. Uh, yeah. For for those that are listening and haven't seen it, long story short, the salary cap was circumvented because there were plenty of duffel bags full of money uh, for the team and the wives of the team uh, for non-show employees to a tr- basically a, tr- a trash a landfill. Uh, trash which management company. Trash management company, which may or may not have been a Ponzi scheme. Uh, his, like I said, father may or may not have been in the mafia. So essentially, they were getting paid as if they were like almost an NHL franchise, from what it seemed like. I mean, these guys were living their best lives. Like, just I want to know, like, how much? Uh, did, I don't think they actually said though, right? How much they was actually? So. They never said, but just a quick rundown of some of the things that they said. I think uh, what was his name? One-eyed Mike. Uh, oh, one-eyed Willie. Yeah, when I really, yeah. when I really, yeah, he yeah. he said uh, when he went to go meet 
Jimmy at his office at the trash management place. He what handed him ten thousand in cash as mm-hmm. his signing, signing bonus. bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They bought all of the players and their wives big ass houses in gated communities on a lake. They all just live there. They said they were doing five thousand dollar dinners on at least a weekly basis. And I don't think they mentioned it, but just given the time and the guys, this is pure speculation. I have to imagine there was ample amounts of cocaine involved. And steroids. And, and steroids. Yeah, yeah let's st- talk about Brad Wingfield for a what second. What a legend. That absolute bag. unit of a man. That, that yeah, picture man. they showed th- twice where they're like in their like workout gear by the wall. Yeah. They're just all just juiced the fuck up to the tents. Yeah, it's just top to bottom. These guys are nuts. And we actually pulled up the uh, the stat sheet. Uh uh, Spit and Chicklets posted it earlier. Disco. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, this, I saw. I have it pulled up right now because I want. Brad to Wingfield. This guy played in 36 games in this season and had 320 penalty minutes in 36 games, like that. And then you just go down the list. It's literally, I want to say one, two, three, four, five, at least 12 to 15 guys with the penalty minutes in the triple digits. And these guys aren't playing. You know, you do have a couple of guys on the team that played in the 60s and 70s and almost 80 games. Uh, But outside of that, you're looking at guys who are playing 30 and 40 games getting over 100 penalty minutes. It's absolute madness. It's WWE on ice. And I, for one, am really upset that none of us didn't have any idea about this because I would have been a disciple from the start. Like, I'm pretty sure they went over it in the documentary where they talked about uh, Brad Wingfield looking up and seeing that AJ was like, hey, I want you to fight this guy, like, right off the bat. And I don't know if that was the inaugural game or not, but they show the clip. and That was three seconds after the very first puck drop. Right. Wingfield just absolutely demolishes this poor schmo on the other side of the ice. And that just sets the tone. I've done some digging on the team, and I've done some digging. AJ has been on every podcast in the hockey community. He was on the Pat McAfee show last week. I mean, the guy, his, it's so funny because he randomly got this stardom because his dad you know, purchased the team for him, 17-year-old kid running a hockey organization. And now it's almost you know a decade or so later, and it's coming right back to fruition. Like He's, again, the most like, talked-about person in sports right now. Uh, but apparently uh, there was something called the hell horn and the hell horn was literally a horn from a fire truck by the, uh, if you guys watch the documentary section one Oh two section one Oh two, one of the guys brought this to every game and he would blare it during fights. Anytime a fight broke out, it was just, and of course they had stone cold Steve Austin's theme music playing in the background on top of that. I mean, you just, it's just absolute chaos. It's beautiful. We joke about it. We joked about this in the morning skate. Become ungovernable. The trashers were ungovernable. Even by let okay, two, let's circle back. The commissioner paid off. Had to have been also can, can we, before we do we thought that guy was gonna be the biggest dickhead of the whole thing, right? When you like yeah. you first saw him, like, oh, this guy's gonna be a he's gonna complain he's, the he's whole the time. He's the whistleblower here. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, I agree, Frank. Th- Frank, there was 
probably he was definitely getting a little hush money like come on let us be the bad boys don't be an asshole yeah he looks he Took looks the happy the commission the pga commissioner tour and happy gilmore yeah like hey you know started boosting the ratings man yeah yeah the, the transition from his hard ass persona like no nah, they're gonna do what i want to do and they're yeah, gonna yeah. play within the confines of the rules of the league at the beginning towards to the end of the documentary where he's like yeah you know i gained a lot of respect for those guys and what they accomplished it's like you only talk about talk about face turn <laughs> he probably yeah. did he probably did it was possible re- to put up that many pims man yeah. he probably <laughs> did respect them in a, in a small sense but that like ten thousand untaxable cash he was probably getting on the side was probably <laughs> that earned the Helps respect a, a little higher you know yeah become ungovernable uh what it's, one little side note? Sorry to cut you off, Fink. One no, little good. side note about the penalty minutes, since you just min- mentioned the disco. Um, the three hundred and twenty by Brad Wingfield puts him only twenty-two minutes by the entire Buffalo Sabers team last year. <laughs> well, let's be honest; their stats are kind of hard to go off of because they're all fucking terrible. Um, but Ruman Nadir and uh, and Brad Wingfield combined are more penalty minutes than the Tampa Bay Lightning, which were the most penalized Jesus. in the regular season last year at 597 total. That's As insane. They uh, but it's funny, too. The be- Honestly, the best nickname on that team was, what is it, the Nigerian, Nigerian Nightmare? Nightmare? Yeah, that's Ruman Nadir. What an absolute frightening name. Frank you hear that you're pl- if you hear you're playing against that guy, you might as well just, like, get sick. Call it quits. Like, I'm not showing up that day. It's... The whole documentary from top to bottom, and we haven't even gotten into the part where, you know, Winfield broke his leg and was laying on the ice with his foot going the wrong way. And all he could think about was getting the address of the guy who hit him so he could go to his house and beat the shit out of him. Just fuck him up, man. I mean, you want to talk about a literal mob mentality. This team from top to bottom is one of the most, if not the most entertaining hockey organization that's not in a movie that's not named the chiefs like it's just absolute psychopaths from top to bottom the and i'm watching the documentary as we're talking about this and they even posted the sign under the scoreboard with his number that said i'll be back and it had the number of the guy he was going after on the poster basically saying count your days putting putting a bounty on him the day I come back, you're dead. Like, I'm coming for you. So here's a question I wanted to pose. If you're Alitska's, I think that was his name, Alitska's teammates, and you know that you're about to have to go back and he's making his return, do you really fault the guy if he's kind of like, I don't know, guys, I might want to sit this one out because this dude may actually he may murder, actually murder you. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. He might take his skate off and really stab you with it. Yeah, he's going to yeah. pull a Happy Gilmore and be the first guy to attempt to stab somebody with the back end of his skate. <laughs> not only attempt it, but like, succeed. Probably, succeed. Yeah, probably succeed. <laughs> Figure out a way to do it. Uh, he's got quick, the clip in. So. Before we keep going, I got to go. I saw this comment on the stats thing. It's uh, Can we look at Chad Wagner? He had three, three games played, 75 penalty minutes. <laughs> where... <laughs> Where is the game tape on that guy? And then the guy above him, Frank Bialalis, hit five games, 78 penalty minutes. How is that even possible? <laughs> I, I don't names? know. Is that, has that even enough minutes in three games? Well, I mean, it's 
you know, looking I mean, over this stat sheet, the names alone, this is like the most hockey named organization. You have guys like Carlisle Lewis, Mario LaRock, Ed Campbell, Dave McIsaac. Like, then you have the twin brothers who honestly were the funniest part of the documentary because they were, they were yeah, getting they're so they're pissed right. off at each other. He was like, see, you're you're cuts. Yeah, he fucking cuts me off. He fucking cuts me off. No, I'm done. He cuts the interview off because his brother keeps like stepping over. You walking out now? Yeah, it's the greatest. Like you're walking out. It's so funny because we talked about like Untold at the beginning of this. Obviously, is the name of the plot or the name of the documentary, and how the other ones are pretty serious. This is a shit show, and they know it, and they exploit it, and idiots like us are just eating it up. And, And that was the whole goal from the beginning. Was he AJ specifically said, "I want to combine hockey and professional wrestling," but I think it was more like he wanted 80% professional wrestling and like 20% hockey. It was 100%. like the XHL. Like <laughs> yeah. The, like NHL like hits the, 2002. The yeah. The, yeah. The NHL, hits, NHL hits 2003. Absolute fantastic game. It's, it's, well, speaking of wrestling, can we talk about his birthday party real quick? Imagine being 13 years old and like in the height of wrestling and you got triple H and the rock coming to your birthday. Yes. And, yeah. And that was like, and that would have been, up. and I think that would have been like, right before the attitude era so that would have been like when the rock and triple or the rock was like the rock like big yeah. time him and stone cold were going at it it's before tooth fairy yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> Un- underrated underrated uh, yeah I, it's i think he told a story too on one of the podcasts that he had done aj that is about how he had a come to jesus moment with triple h where Triple H was literally eating hamburgers at his parents' house at his birthday party. And then throughout the evening, they went to a WWF at the time event. And he was like, yo, Triple H, can I get an autograph? And he goes up to AJ, Triple H does and says, we're not your fucking house anymore, kid. I'm the bad guy here. Sit your ass down. I'm not signing anything for you. And I mean, he just went right back into character. And AJ talked about it. He's like, I'll never forget that. He's like, I've had a vendetta with Triple H ever since that day because yeah. he told me to sit down and shut up and that I wasn't, I, he doesn't, I didn't matter anymore after my birthday was over. Yeah, the check wasn't clearing anymore after that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Jason and Usher. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just I was like, man, that's my Usher story all right there. <laughs> yeah. Keep trying, Jason. Keep trying. <laughs> I'm going to make it to the Super Bowl one day. Uh, just go just go quick side story uh usher usher kind of dissed uh jason one time very similarly uh, very similarly and jason's ultimate goal is to make it big enough obviously as a podcaster talking about hockey in texas to go on the super bowl stage and usher's performing assuming like he's 60 at this time he's, he's going to be my best friend like he's yeah going you guys to are gonna... my friend and then i'm going to embarrass <laughs> him, him at the super bowl and then he's going to give him the handshake, extend it, and then do the psh, pull it's back. Like, and then, like he did to me when I was 12. Yeah. Damn, bro. I had yeah. that same thing with Scott Pesednik, if you know, if you follow baseball at all. Yes. I, uh, it was, I was there for BP at a Yankees game, and uh, he like fake threw a ball to me, like at the, right before like BP ended. And I was, I was like, I think 12 on the time. I go, you're going to go 0 for 4 and 4 strikeouts tonight, you pussy. <laughs> He went. He went zero for five, but he had four strikeouts and a and a uh, and a flyout. Oh, that's great! I can just Very see. Nice. I can see him faking you out, and then the call in your head being like, "And that's this a deep lime drive from Castellanos <laughs> <Yes>. to the <laughs> left field." <laughs> 
out of his backpack. Yeah, I pride myself as a man of faith. <laughs> Um, so to bring it back to the documentary, like I said, I've got it on in the background and this is something that, uh, I want to go around and ask everybody's MVP and I'm not going to state the obvious for me because the MVP for me is actually going to be, if you guys remember Scrappy, the juiced up roided out muscle guy who not only was the muscle guy for the mob, but he was also the trash can mascot. <laughs> yes. And they show him, they show him doing like all kinds of lifts in the gym, and they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, this guy who's calling people cocksucker, and then he's gonna like beat him to death. He was also the mascot, and the mascot was a trash can, super fluffy. Yeah. No, I was gonna pick him just because uh, he had the same name as the UNT mascot. So that's fair. Okay, that's, so that's we both we're both going with man. him. Uh, Disco, yeah. who's who was the MVP of this entire documentary? I mean, honestly, I think I was gonna pick him too. But oh uh, I'm, I'm not going to pick him. I'll pick somebody else. I I'll, I'll have to go with the Wingfield guy because I feel like that's the type – he was the type of guy that like – like even at the end when he – like he cry, he's like crying when he uh, is talking yeah. about it. Like that guy was never going to the show. Like – and on that team, he was the show. People came to watch him play ice hockey. It was kind of like the real life like goon movie because like yeah. if you looked at his stats, what did he have? He had – 36 games played, three goals, six assists, nine, po- nine points. He wasn't there. People weren't coming to watch him score goals. They were watching him to put people's heads to the ice. And he did it. And that's and, why. And he, he was just true to, like, he was a, just like a regular guy. He's going to have a beer with the fans after the game. All, yeah. Everything. He really toned it back, though, in the second season with uh, 20 games played. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Eleven points and only 176 pems. So, well, you know, he. I think that's the one he missed most of the season oh. with a leg that was backwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, you know, he's literally. It's like the. It's exactly who Doug Glatt was in the movie Goon. He said, "If my team asked me to bleed for them, I bleed for them." It's the walking, talking. I just saw spinners on the TV in the documentary, and I got really fucking mad. Uh, <laughs> the spinner rims pissed me off, but. Patrick, what about you, man? Like, who was the MVP? And and I feel like I feel like I know where you're gonna go, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a direction that you may not be expecting, and I'm gonna say Jimmy was my MVP, and it's only because in the beginning when I started it, you know, they start out the documentary and they're like, "Yeah, Jimmy's that guy that you don't want to fuck with," and he just has that presence about him, and I was like, you know, I'm sure he does because. He's like the boss, and the boss is always intimidating. But when he came on camera and throughout, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I would not want to get on this guy's bad side in any capacity at all. And I don't know if that was a miracle of editing or if he truly has that presence about him. But anytime he was on screen, I was like, I got to see what this guy's going to say because he is a terrifying individual. Just. He- well, you got like what Gandalfini said. He wrote him that that picture frame, and it said to the real Tony Soprano. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not having Gandalfini write that on a on a picture signed by him. If that's not if that's not half true. Yeah, and just just his overall demeanor, and it's he's just a super interesting guy. And then when towards the end, when they start asking him about the indictments, and he gets super serious, and it's like my lawyer advised me not to comment on anything related to the cases which and was a bold move by the documentary people to yeah be like, ask, asking that yes. at all 
to get anywhere close to to the case like knowing who's sitting in front of you and he's probably got a baseball bat sitting under that desk and at any moment it's whack-a-mole central for him yeah and i i think i read an interview with the documentary guys and they specifically asked him about interviewing jimmy and they're like yeah it's it's pretty anxiety inducing knowing that you have to like toe the line with this guy that has been indicted for all these crimes and <laughs> and has that aura of I'm in control here. Anything you want to do that I don't want to do is not it's a non-starter. It's not going to happen at all. So, just his overall him in general, I just thought was super interesting. Yeah, and and on the flip side too to kind of go off what you're talking about, you know, we were talking about at the end of the documentary when he shows up and Wingfield starts crying because he's like, this guy meant the world to me. And just knowing that not only can he have that impact, but he can kind of have that flip side effect on his players and the people that like follow him, his family, his friends, and have that positive impact on them as well. Like, hey, yeah, I can snap your neck in a second, but I could also like be your best friend, which probably isn't healthy. But, you know. But I mean, that, that's the whole like family premise right and if you yeah, show me he, respect then i'll show you respect like respect is earned not given that whole thing and i mean he talked the talk and walked the walk as far as i was concerned yeah i mean yeah. he took care he took care of everybody yeah and he told wingfield I, or i don't know if it was wingfield or somebody else but somebody was beefing with their daughter's boyfriend and he was like hey you want me to oh, you know send, yeah. send somebody over to him and <laughs> fucking take his kneecaps out i assume <laughs> imagine being part of the mafia in any capacity and then also having a professional hockey team in your pocket like if things got real it could get really bad really quick for everyone else involved yeah so i i, I can't get this out of my head i'm i'm watching all of these interviews that aj's been doing and hearing how he talked about it the one thing that really has stuck out to me in this whole kind of universe of the trashers is just how much of an actual hockey fan he actually is like the kid oh, grew yeah. up playing hockey and i don't i feel like i'm i don't get me wrong i am not a fashionista by any means but i can tell you and disco you might be able to speak a little bit more on this seeing that guy in the way that he dressed does not strike me as a hockey player i mean the guy is like a poster child for fubu in 2005 and then he's on the ice with the neck guard, like Gretzky style. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Disco, you might be able to speak to this a little bit more. That might that might be your expertise. That region was that like the uh, the uniform of choice. For I mean, the, I uh, never I never wore any of like the baggy, like the biggy jorts or like the Jinko style of shorts. That, that was all me, man. Um, <laughs> but like we had a, we, I remember in middle school, it would have been a little past that, but uh, we had, we had a group of kids that we had, they had like tall T Fridays where they would wear those tees that would go yep. to your knees with the baggy shorts. And that would, that would have been like five years past that, mm -hmm. that time. But uh, yeah, it was all the, it was mainly the white kids trying to act uh, ghetto. So. Yeah, it's fair. It's funny you say that. We actually, in, in my high school, uh, this, this ages me a little bit, but we had reverse day where all of all of the white kids would wear the tall tees and the baggy clothes, and all of our friends on the football team, uh, the black kids, which, like, our high school was awesome. Everyone was super tight, but they were 
all decked out in Abercrombie no and head to toe. <laughs> and it got banned. And we were like, we're trying to bridge the gap. And you guys are cutting it off. Like, yeah, you don't want you don't want unity in the school. Yeah, any like, progression here. We're like, we all are together on this. You, you what know, there, what was their reasoning behind that? That sounds ridiculous. Because at the time they thought it was racist, and we we're like, wait, but hold on. It's actually now the we're confused. I was like, yeah, we're wait, we're we're all in this together. Have you not seen High School Musical? Like, it's <laughs> we're, we're we're all the it's same the, team. This isn't Sharks versus Jets anymore. Yeah, we're all Lakeview Patriots. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be a Patriot. It's the dumbest thing ever, and I still remember that. But here we are. But yeah, I, I the fashion in this documentary is just Chef's kiss from top to bottom, Ratatouille. So going back what to a great movie, Emotional Wreck, because um, I love cooking. But <laughs> I, I have to I have to bring up the fact that yeah, there was an interview with Jimmy. Because uh, he's also been getting some attention, obviously, because this, this is, like I said, it's taken over pop culture. Um, and he did say, never count AJ and I out uh, when he was asked about a return to hockey. Uh, he also mentioned that he was like, I've thought about owning a football team. And I'm like, this guy's going to own a, an XFL team. Like, he's just going to. You think he still has enough, a lot of money? I feel like after all that, and like, I'm sure he was evading taxes. I mean, exactly or... what I thought. But, I mean, but, he, but with the name he, alone, he could definitely work with other people to be a part owner of a team for sure. He absolutely. could get some capital, I'm sure. Absolutely. This would be the yeah. time to strike if he was smart. I'd love to see him. I, could you imagine if these guys got back into hockey in any capacity? Like even the NHL, like at one of these junior teams? It'd be a sideshow, but it would be exactly what hockey needs in my opinion. Now – the culture like the problem, is a lot the, different. The fighting probably wouldn't fly as much. The fighting, maybe not, but the culture has definitely changed quite a bit. Now, I did see too. You know, I'm, this is all just old school stuff, and this is kind of like to talk about the Coyotes earlier. And obviously, the the Thrashers were another team that were on the verge of extinction that eventually happened. So. Uh, apparently, AJ and Jimmy were contacted by the NHL at one point because the Trashers name was so close to the Thrashers that the mm. NHL was threatening to sue them and shut them down based on the name alone. So in true AJ fashion, AJ turned around and said, I'll do you one better. Why don't you send the Thrashers to Danbury and we'll play them for the name rights. If you guys win, keep the Thrashers. If not, we get to keep the Trashers. And AJ was like, I knew we weren't going to win, but we were going to beat the shit out of them. And it was going to be the hottest news story in the entire hockey and sports world. And I thought that was hilarious because obviously it is, it rhymes and they're really just a letter or so away from being the thrashers and the trashers. So it, well, this the, thing well, is the insane. thrashers ended up being the trashers. If you think about it, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And you know who we're Neither not talking about anymore. Yeah. And you know, you know who nobody's talking about anymore? The Thrashers. It's all Trashers all day, baby. I want these jerseys. How many Speak- beer league teams are we about to see? Hold on. Speaking oh, of, I was about God, to say, so speaking many. of this, though. Uh, so there's a guy who subs for Pylon. Uh, his name's Jeremy. So the first game, he fucking, he's wearing this Trashers jersey. And I didn't recognize it at first. And I was like, what the f-? I thought it was just a beer league team, right? And no, man, like, I did, like this was, like, early August, like, that all this was kind of going down. And then, like, the documentary got released, I guess, about mid-August or so. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, oh, shit. Like, and he's from the Northeast, so it made sense that he knew what it was. And 
But I had no, I never put that together until literally last night. He wore it again last night, and so I was like, "Oh fuck, that's where he's, I know that from." Someone's got it. Has had to have offered him. Hundreds yeah, of dollars if he's already. smart, he tries selling. He'll make like five. I think they're going for like four grand on eBay right now. Jeez. My right. my uh, my buddy sent me a post, some eBay listings of uh, I think a Gretzky authentic game worn, which I'm sure somebody bought at like a post game auction or something for pennies on the dollar. But that's right. being listed for fifteen grand. Wow. Now let us See? for those listening. Let us clarify. Uh, it's Brent Gretzky, uh, not Wayne, in uh, a brilliant marketing move. Dude, the, the guy's AJ just a marketing fucking genius. He, he really is. For a kid at 17 it, to be the that. He's and Jerry Jones, man, of, uh, yeah. of the uh, – Yeah, he, he, had a, he had a vision for what he wanted to do, and he executed it to a T. Absolutely. For sure. And uh, think, were you the one that sent it to me, The their alternate jerseys with, that they had? With like the checkers on the yeah. shoulders, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, it looked like he, they look like a NASCAR drive, like a NASCAR. Literally, it's brilliant. It's NASCAR meets wrestling meets ice hockey, all rolled into like one little clusterfuck ball, and it worked. And the fact that we're just now hearing about it again, one bums me out because really wish you know I would have been more apropos at the time on this team, uh, but also too like. Seeing it now is absolutely hilarious. They're showing all of them standing against the the talking trash wall, and it looks like a lineup from the WWE. Like we we're talking about, these guys were juiced head to toe. It looks like the WWE from like 2001, 2002. These guys are absolute units of humans. I do want to jump into a couple of things real quick because we do have some uh, some some janitorial things. I don't know. That makes it sound bad. But we got to talk about some of the people that support this show and make this whole thing possible. Um, you guys heard me talk about them last week, but Sauce Toss has been kind enough to set up a promo code uh, for Wada Hockey. It is Wada Hockey. It gets you 10% off your entire order. Head over to SauceToss.com. Um, it's not like it's competitors. It's much more like cornhole, so it's bags for beauties. Uh, and you basically have the three-point and the one-point system, so you can sauce it all day, sauce it all night, sauce it till you're in bed, sleet and tight. I made that up, pay for that. But yeah, head over to saucetoss.com and you know, they actually come with this insane carrying bag that they sent along with this kit. So you're definitely gonna see us around the Dallas Fort Worth area. Maybe I'll come out to Scottsdale, bring it with me, uh, carry on bag. That'll be a fun ride. Speaking of bags, Jason, I know I know you're you're chomping at the bit. Tell us a little bit more about these bags. I want to hear about your toesies being cozies on the floor. Oof, yes. My toesies definitely being cozies on the floor. Uh, if you're looking to replace that old moldy bag uh, with that broken zipper on it, go uh, check out conwayandbanks.com. They make premium quality bags that are definitely built to last. They include uh, removable organizers to keep all your stuff organized, and it keeps everything dry with that waterproof material and those huge giant vents on the side. Uh, my personal favorite feature is the built-in foot mat that keeps my toesies cozy on that uh, nasty locker room floor so uh go get you one they come in three different sizes and colors so you'll be sure to find the one that you love and get 15 percent off using code whatahockey15 and get your gear to the rink in style style style, style what was style. the name of that again that sounded sick conway and banks conway the and bags banks. are absolutely sick they are uh 
it, it's we've been talking about them for quite a while. Uh, they've got a pretty awesome following on Instagram, but their bags are just top notch. The the dividers and the 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 foot pad are literally worth the money alone. Jason likes to to boast it whenever he posts it on IG, and they, you just see his neatly his neatly organized hockey bag, and then you just got people like me with their run of the mill you know name brand bag that's just falling to pieces and there's shit everywhere but soon enough i'll be rocking the conway and banks i think i'm gonna go black it's classy dude it's super nice uh jamie on pylons has one the black one and uh and aj as well can't AJ forget has about AJ. the uh, gold lamp red like mine the gold lamp red and pretty noise. reasonably priced too yeah yeah and, and like with said, that water hockey go to our link tree though Go to the link tree, grab it from there. Sure. Uh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Cool. It'll take care of you. Yeah, Named after Conway and Banks from the Mighty Ducks I learned last week. That is yeah. true. In Speaking, case you didn't put two and two together. And because Patrick didn't below. for the first like two months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been longer than that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Patrick, you know, we were talking about golf earlier. Um, Disco, we've got this awesome, awesome partnership that we've been hanging out with these guys here and there. Uh, Patrick mostly. But, uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit more about golfing, but with a twist. I want them to bring it to me. Man, you're talking about the range. I am. Let me tell you, these boys have been working their asses off over the past week. Saw they had three events in six days. So they are just hitting the road. And the good thing is, you know what? They're taking the range wherever they go. And if you'd like for them to bring the range to you, you can check them out at therangegolf.com and at therange underscore golf on Instagram. If you're wondering what that is, they are a mobile golf simulation company. They got the TrackMan technology. You can play all sorts of virtual courses. You can play uh, Dallas National and several others. I always you know, plan to have a list in mind, but I can't remember all of them because there's so many. And you can find them at therangegolf.com. You can track your swing speed, your ball speed, dispersion. <laughs> I, I saw Fink's eyes get real big. He was waiting for it. Here comes the smash factor. Baba booey. <laughs> smash, yeah. smash, smash factor. Smash factor. You know so, yeah. what? I think the trashers could have used that. They could have used that that in their uh, in their heyday. The smash factor. Man, I would love to see some trasher smash factor just to see how hard they can rip the ball. That sounds like a weekend in Scottsdale for me. What trash or smash? <laughs> Doing some trash and smashing. <laughs> trash smashed. Well, Patrick, where can we uh, where can we find these absolute angels that bring the golf to you? Yeah, one more time, therangegolf.com for booking rates, availability, FAQs. You can see their whole course list, and uh, at the range underscore golf on Instagram, they got lots of golf content. They post. Uh, Events that they have coming up, if they're free to the public, I know a couple of those were were at conferences and private events, but uh, one of one of them was public. So uh, yeah, follow them, keep an eye out. Maybe if you want to go try it out before you commit to to having them show up to your house, you can do that. And uh, yeah, let them bring the range to you. Bam! Just such a we're just such a solid read. It's just top to bottom. We're just a, a finely tuned machine. We are. Can I can I toot my own horn and say read implies that I have copy in front of me? Absolutely. This is all off the dome. Off the dome, toot away. Uh, or don't, but it's up to you. I should we say it? I mean, I don't want to like put the cart in front of the horse, but I feel like people have been 
really tuned into this episode and I don't want to I don't want to get too excited or put too much out in the atmosphere but I feel like I'm in a very manifesting mood right now can I can I t- break the news Patrick, the potential I, news I, Patrick been, you you I, yeah and Jason like work here man you and Jason both spearheaded this effort so I want you yes please share with the the French fry faithful the developments during literally within the last five like, minutes of five minutes during the show yeah, so we posted something on our Instagram that we were, you know, watching the show. Added the de- the Danbury Trashers official Instagram. They, I, I assume AJ has control of the uh, Instagram account. He replied to the story, said appreciate the support. Uh, one of you two said, "Hey man, we'd love to have you on the show." Jason messaged him separately, and then I sent him an email, pulled the producer card said uh you know we'd love to have you on the show to we'll be talking about it but we'd love to have your perspective send him an email today and uh we just heard back from him said it's been insanity over there which is uh totally understandable and uh yeah i don't want to i don't want to be too presumptive but uh maybe a special guest next week Maybe, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully it dies down a little bit for him, and we can get uh, the iron the, is in the fire. The man himself, the the previous owner of the Danbury Trashers, AJ Galante. Uh, but we had a great guest today. I mean, Disco, you you jumped on. I know we we were talking shit about daylight savings time because it's fucking <laughs> stupid. Uh, I really, I, I obviously geography and time zones are really my specialty, um, but. You were able to jump on with us, and uh, dude, we can't thank you enough for for coming on and talking about this documentary. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. It was good to get it off and talked about it with somebody else, and uh, I'm glad I was able to help support you guys in some sort of way. And you guys got something building over there, so I'm hoping I'll be looking forward to hearing if you guys can get AJ on. So that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh, working hard. And if you ever want to come golf in Scottsdale, you got a place to stay. We do. We do, Dude, we do. I would love to go golf in Scottsdale, or come uh, to the Waste Management Open. That's that's where you. That's okay. That's, that's a dream. That's the yeah, exactly. That's the life right there. That's the biggest show in golf, right? Yeah. Biggest do they show do they golf. get in trouble? For saying, <laughs> do we get in trouble for Sam Brooksy there too, or is that just a, uh, every? I, I would. So. I'm gonna guess Bryson DeChambeau is not gonna play in that tournament. Probably a solid assumption. Yeah. Um, well, we've got one more thing that we always do. We usually have a Razorism of the week, but obviously we've been running this show now. This is our 40th episode, so we've been pulling some Razor clips. I think we should get uh, some snaps, man. Yeah, snaps for Razor. Snaps, uh, Razor actually, too, part of the, the Coyotes organization for a little while. There was a pretty phenomenal interview between uh, him and uh, Paul Biznasty Bisonet. Uh, and I say Bisonet because I can pronounce it however I want. He doesn't reply to any of my messages. But... It's fantastic. So there's a little bit of a a seven degrees of razor going on. That being said, we do have a special clip today, obviously because of the documentary, the Untold Crime and Penalties series that we have been talking about today. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and hit it. This is probably the best line you'll hear in the entire entire documentary. Yeah, and then I'd like to follow up after this one with, uh, we haven't touched on him too much, but the list of shit that he pulled is just... Phenomenal. unthinkable save the best for last absolutely so here's a taste of uh, a t-bone the former coach of aj slash trasher uh equipment manager my middle school coach just remember this big guy on the ice 
taking the puck from us. Burying sixth and seventh graders into the boards. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, this guy is, is a little crazy. Did I check kids into the boards when I was coaching them? Absolutely. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Like, James, time to know the game. <laughs> I mean, just, the fact that he just, just ripping nose beers in the parking lot before he coaches kids. Just yeah, just all in the white girl, the booger sugar, just snow mountain, tweaked out, just skiing, man, hip checking twelve year olds into the boards like full speed. Oh my god! It, and I just I love that, how I love the callback to him though. He's like, not only did like he grow up with that. He was like, you know who would be the perfect person to like help me run this team? This fucking oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, this <laughs> guy. And I bet you those kids he was checking on the boards, either they quit or they became great hockey players. I can That's right. guarantee they, it. I bet. Yeah. Not, I mean, man, they, they weren't built for it. Yeah, they weren't no. getting participation trophies. That's no, right. definitely not back then. They he earned was, that shit. He was ripping lines in the bathroom and kids <laughs> were getting medals on the ice. It's He's insane. Like, All right, guys. Yeah. Got there. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, man, the the list go... of things that he pulled. I wanted to touch base on that thing before. Oh yeah, um, the Fuck commissioner the had to man. had to come down on him because, among other things, I have to assume he shut off the hot water to the visiting locker room. Yep, classic. Didn't he pull a fire alarm at one of their hotels one time? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they were talking shit or something, so they mm-hmm. went to their hotel and and fucked with them there. I ate the um, pizza. <clears throat> I, I <laughs> I mean, yeah, the guy was an absolute, just absolute goon from top to bottom. Just like, it's funny that AJ talked about falling in love with hockey because of the Mighty Ducks when like in D2 and in D3, there was, or no, it was D3 pranks aplenty. I feel like this guy did the exact same thing. Like went and tickled guys' noses and had shaving cream on their hand or cocaine. (laughs) Probably cocaine. He also mentioned that they, uh, T-Bone left what like six essentially single ply paper towels yes for the po- the entire opposing team to use as towels <laughs> between all what probably 25 of guys them? or so yeah like just an absolute dick bag but if he's on your team he's just the greatest guy like the best locker room guy he's to have the dick around bag you want on your team yeah he's a dick bag but he's our dick bag <laughs> well that's all I've got. I mean, this this documentary it speaks for itself. It's so, if you it's so fun. If you yeah. haven't watched it yet, like get out there, check it out. What are you doing with yourself? You have the time of day to listen to four jack wagons talk about this documentary. You have plenty of time to watch the documentary yourself. Uh, Disco, can you tell the people where they can find you at? Uh, IG, you can find me at uh, the underscore Disco, and uh, on. On Twitter, my ad is uh, the Real Disco ninety nine. Real Disco ninety nine. Uh, writer for the Morning Skate. Check out his work. Everything's about to ramp up with the season coming around. I do want to put you on the spot one more time. We ask every single guest that comes on the show to have a sign off for you. We all have our own specific sign offs. So if you want to start it off, what's the Disco sign off? Um, look good, play good. Love it. Nice. I mean, the confidence, it was there. Uh, Patrick, I, I, I don't even have to tell you anymore. You got to stay sassy. And while you're staying sassy, just go to stay moist.
the cadence is right on. And last but certainly not least, don't for ever any reason whatsoever, even if you get a duffel bag full of $10,000, forget your Kermit tattoos. Nice callback.